All right, guys, welcome back. This is the second episode of the Immortal Fitness Community Podcast. We were a little late to get the December episode out, but it finally happened. And I am joined by a special, special guest host, my little bro, the man, Sir William Carter. Will. Hello. That's right. Will, say what's up to everyone at home. How's everyone doing? Good to, good to be here. Awesome. Um, for those that don't know, um, Will is uh, my younger brother. A lot of people, when they sign up at the gym, they'll frequently come in like in a, a couple weeks into being at the gym. They're like, there's this guy who's always in the back, just like lifting weights, and he's pretty jacked. Not pretty jacked, very jacked. What's the deal with that guy? And I'm like, oh, you mean my brother? And they're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, he's my brother. And uh, it always makes me feel really good because they, they're in disbelief. They're like, wait, look at him. Look at you. How is this guy your brother? No, that's, that's, that's just a joke. But um, uh, Will uh, was nice enough to come on to the podcast. We have some awesome, awesome topics to talk about today. And um, I thought just with his background and everything, it, it would just be cool uh, for people to kind of hear about his story and then for him to weigh in on some uh, cool topics. So, um, Will, I, I know many people who are listening to this know you and many people who are listening to this don't know you. So um, just give us the, the basics, man. Tell us uh, first, how old are you? <laughs> I am... 29 years old. Uh, I am currently a teacher. Uh, I teach full-time job at uh, John Jay Cross River High School. I'm a health and PE teacher there. Uh, I've been doing CrossFit for almost just about seven years now. Um, prior to that, I went to Ithaca College. I played college football there. And uh, before that, high school, I was a football player and a wrestler. So that's a little about my Sports background and how long we do CrossFit for. Yeah, and um, what's what's neat is so I started, you know, CrossFit and and really getting into fitness, like well over ten years ago. And um, when I really got a taste of CrossFit, I definitely thought of my brother Will, and it, in my head, I was saying he would just be awesome at this, just because I, I got a taste of. You know, the type of training, the mix of, you know, anaerobic exercises, heavy weights, a mix of the cardio stuff, and knowing that he had gone through, uh, you know, years of, of wrestling, years of football, um, lots and lots of time in the gym, I knew that if he were to try this, uh, he would really kind of take off with it. So basically what I'm saying, all his success is credited to me. That's that. That's where I'm going with this. Um, but I, I distinctly remember we had opened the gym in September of 2013, and Will was finishing up his last semester up at Ithaca. I believe he graduated that December, December of 2013, and he still had a membership to New York Sports Club. And I would just, you know, bust his chops, and I'd be like, dude. Stop doing the bodybuilding stuff at New York Sports Club. Just come in, hit one of these workouts, see how you like it. Because I knew if he got a taste of it, um, there would be no turning back. And, and slowly but surely, he came in. And I never forget, this is, a, this is a true story. The first day he came into the gym, we happened to be doing a benchmark workout in the, from the CrossFit world called Fran, which is 21-15-9 of thrusters and pull-ups. It's a god-awful workout. Uh, I was fired up because that day I hit like a new PR. It was like three minutes and, and whatever time. And I was so excited because it was the first time that I ever cracked, you know, sub four minutes. And Will comes in to do the workout. He has no idea what a thruster is. He's never done a thruster. He's never done a, a kipping pull-up. I kind of show him the ropes on what a thruster is. I show him uh, a kipping pull-up. He wasn't really able to kip right the first day. Long story short, he ends up beating me um, by I think 10 or 15 seconds. And I'm like, this dude... I'm I'm here celebrating, you know, years of work, you know, trying to get this number down. And his first uh, attempt at it, he crushed it. So he he literally hit hit the ground and and uh, and never turned back. Uh, I thought it'd be cool too because people see, you know, through Instagram and in the gym and you know all this training. And I thought it'd be cool for you to talk about, you know, what motivates you to train. Um, why are you as dedicated as you are? Oh uh, yeah, so like Tommy said, I've been doing CrossFit for about seven years, and then uh, 
shortly after I got into it, I immediately wanted to be competitive in it and compete in it. Um, always being an athlete and with football and wrestling, I've always loved competing. It's something I love to do. And this filled that hole of being able to compete. Um, and yeah, once I, after I did my first competition, which was, you know, about a, you know, probably around a little over, a little less than a year of uh, doing CrossFit, I was like, I, I want to get better at this. I want to keep improving and getting better. And, and uh, yeah, and it's been, it's been awesome. That's, and that's what I've been doing for a long time now. It was just the desire to compete. Um, with everything going on with CrossFit and, you know, all the changes and I've been through a lot with CrossFit. It's been like a roller coaster with like competing um, and the motivation has, has always been there, but there's definitely been times where it's hard to stay motivated and, you know, do I, how much longer do I really want to keep pursuing this? And cause you know, you put in a lot of time to it and, you know, do you get back with, you know, all those little moments with competing, is it worth that one weekend or those, those couple weekends where you get it competing? Um, and for me it has been, but there's definitely been times where I doubt it, you know, but honestly, what I've learned though, is that it, there is, I've been doing it for a while and I still feel like I can get so much more better. Um, I feel like there's so much more left that I can get really good at. And, you know, I've definitely come a long way and I've worked on my weaknesses and I've had big holes and there's, you know, there's been, there's workouts now that I can feel really confident in and I can do, but a year ago, I wasn't able to be as confident, wasn't able to do that. Um, so that's been a big motivator for me is that like, I, f I truly believe I can get so much more better still, you know, there, and, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's, I'm, I'm PRing every day or I'm, I'm going to the gym and I'm, I'm setting a new time to be, you know, every other week or anything like that. That's so far from the truth. And that's not what's happening. It's just, I just feel there with this sport and with the way, and even just this style of training, um, it, there's just so much to work on. And, and for some people that might scare people and intimidate people, but for me, it just makes me want to keep going back and want to keep working. And just the way, the way it makes you feel once you're done with that workout, that's satisfying when, you know, you, you knew you gave a hundred percent and it hurt, but you put in that work and you did well and, and not only did you well, you did great. You know, th those are the things that keep me motivated and keep me going. And, and yeah, I just want to keep getting better. You know, that's kind of like the big thing. That's awesome. And like safe to say, I mean, you're just addicted to training. I mean, you, you love to train. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of just how it's been like my whole life kind of, I guess. Um, just always trying to being in the gym is just something, yeah, that I'm just used to. Cause just, you know, at a young age, I was very into sports. Um, so that was definitely a driving force behind that, but focusing more, but even for someone that just not, not, not that person maybe, or just not like, hasn't been in the gym a whole lot. Like once you get into this style of training and, you know, the pursuit of just your body, it's just, it, it's just amazing to see, like if I continue to do this day by day, take a day at a time, then it becomes weeks, then it becomes months and becomes years. And then you look back where you, where you were, it's, it's an incredible feeling. Um, so I just love getting that feeling. Um, you know, what's neat about what you said is, you know, I've seen hundreds of people start at Immortal and it's really awesome. It's one of the best things that happens is when this transformation happens with someone who's new. And it, it, I'm not talking about physical, that does happen also, but it's more of this mental transformation and you know, nine times out of 10, when someone is signing up for, you know, at Immortal, they're, you know, I'm, lo I'm, I'm looking to get healthy, get in shape and feel better. And they have no idea uh, at that present moment when they first start, how awesome the world of training is. And that you don't have to be an athlete who competes in a sport to want to get better at things. And in a short period of time of, you know, this new person starting up and putting in the work and continuing to come, they get through that initial tough spot of being sore all the time. And, you know, the workouts are really uncomfortable and they get through that. 
And then all of a sudden they start to see little improvements of, wow, I am now deadlifting more, much more weight than when I started and I'm, I'm able to do these exercises and it's like, cool, I want to get better at those things. And it's like all of a sudden now they're setting goals and for the first time in their, in their life, maybe, maybe they were an athlete years ago and years ago and they've been so out of the game, they thought that type of mindset was, was behind them. And now through, you know, our, you know, our gym, they're able to kind of work on themselves and get back to that. So I, I just connected with what you said, because as you talked about, like, you, you're kind of seeing this untapped potential and your ability to improve upon things. Um, it's really neat when we see, you know, the members go through that. Yeah. And I mean, even like, and even the person that doesn't have an athletic background or maybe just no fitness background, like if it is just so awesome to see but at the same time I think people need to be aware is that you have no idea what you're capable like you are capable of so much more when you put in the work and put in the consistency and that's just kind of what I'm addicted to I mean it's it's almost like yes when I first started this talk like I totally you know I was saying I love competing and and I do but I also just love to train and love to be in the gym because it just makes me feel good and just that growth is just awesome. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a natural high and it's just, and, and like I said, I think there's, I have so much more left in the tank and like, I mean, I'm not even, you know, you see these top competitors and they're, and they're like, you know, in their early twenties and stuff like that. And, you know, and they're, and, and then you see guys that are retiring towards in their later age, well, not later age, but like for a competitor, you know, if you come to a, the 30s you start to be getting close to masters it's like i just i just feel i have so much more left and then and my body feels great and everything feels great and that's a, a because of the training and because of the years of work you know what i mean and just it's it's a great transformation to yeah go that's that's good stuff um i thought we could shift and uh you know last podcast we we, we did a little member shout out and uh this one will be no different um the problem is I wanted to, we, the, a big reason for wanting to wait to put this out is we just wrapped up a test week and I wanted to highlight some of the PRs. The big problem is that there were so many PRs, like if I were to, to go through every single one, we would need um, you know a few hours, no joke, uh, a few hours. So I wanna start just by, by talking about the November Committed Club. Uh, I know, again, we're a little late on this, but why the heck not? Uh, so a big shout out to these people who who made it to class in the month of November, you know, 20 plus times. Um, Kathy Hirsch, Lori M, Jen S, Lori G, Vito C, Greg L, Susie Z, Andy B, Claudio, Fiona, Dom M, J, uh, Dave G, Catherine Staus, Doug Sr., Michael Collins, Angie Nan, Stins, Jenny G, Kathy C, Susie L, Brian Cook, uh, Carrie D. We have John G, Stacy E, and Kara R. And the last two, um, there was uh, an, an email, a very hateful email that was sent. No, I'm kidding. Because um, we forgot these two ladies on the uh, on the initial email, Stacy E and Kara. And we, we, we came up with the, we figured out what the issue was. Um, there was a couple times where these ladies were late to class uh, and we forgot to check them in. But, um, you know, I'm not pointing fingers or anything. Committed. Uh, But these are our committed people. Committed. Um, Also, uh, a special shout out. We haven't seen them at the gym um, since pre-COVID. Lisa and Bill Alton, uh, they're been doing the at-home workouts. They've been, they've been, um, you know, just keeping their distance and rightfully so, and being cautious. And they haven't been back to the gym, but they still have been keeping up with their workouts. So um, at home, committed. That's right. They're definitely, they're definitely a part of the committed club, and um, we miss those those guys and 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 wish them and nothing but love, and, and can't wait to see them again soon. Talking about some specific PRs, I said it before. There was uh, just a ton of PRs. I'm going to talk quickly about just like some deadlift stuff that we saw, which was great. But we saw PRs in the push-ups. We saw PRs in the front squats, the handstand push-ups. Um, so Kathy C, Kathy Cangelo, she, she, she bumped up her deadlift from 130 to 150. Yeah. Andy B, Andy Bichetto, he hit a 365 deadlift for five. I know that was a PR. I don't remember what his, his old was, but I know it was a nice PR. That's big weight. 
The man, the myth, the legend, Doug Sr. went up 20 pounds on his deadlift. Uh, Emily fought for a, a big PR. She hit a 10-pound PR. Eric P. hit a 325 deadlift PR. Nice. The gas man went from 250 to 275. Whoa. Gas man still Throwing some gas at it. That's a big weight for the gas man. I like it. <laughs> um, Greg. Greg Loeb went from 380 to 410. Uh, Hold on. 380 to 410? Yeah. Wow. Big, big. Yeah. Big, big, big weight. That's awesome. Um, Gina, she hit a 20-pound PR. I was in the gym when she was retesting this, and you know she she stepped up to the weight. She hit it for a single, and she's like, wow, that was that was hard. I don't know. She She talked herself through it. Definitely some mental grit there, and uh, she ended up hitting it for five. So awesome job with yeah, that. Gina works. Gina works. Jenny G hit a thirty-five pound PR. Jenny wow, G. Awesome. Um, Jess Ballinger she hit one ninety, and uh, that was a big win. It was a it was a PR, but um, Jess is in a great place, and you know she had dealt with some back stiffness and back pain in the past. So the fact that she's feeling good and, and able to move the weight like that that was huge. That's good stuff. Kathleen Frawley hit a hundred and thirty pound deadlift for five. Kathy Hirsch added twenty five pounds. Nice. Catherine Staus hit a deadlift to two thirty. That was a big PR. Matt Leopold went uh, up 35-plus pounds. He, he deadlifted 250. Megan B. from the early morning class pulled 195. Nice. Michelle K., 20-pound PR. Michael Collins hit 290. Big win for Michael Collins. He really worked on his form through this cycle. Big um, Michael. That's right. And uh, did exceptionally well with that. Pam, a longtime member, she added 15 pounds to her deadlift. She hit 240, and she definitely had a little room in the tank and, and moving well and feeling well. So big shout That's out to good. her. That's still big weight. Mr. Paul Trapp, 335 up from 305. We had Rachel Gorin who pulled 165. I think she tested this at home, but still um, was putting in the work from home. Nice. Longtime member, Red. She hit 175 at the start of the cycle. At the conclusion of the cycle, she hit 200, Ooh, which was a nice PR. Nice, and then, 200. Yeah, her lifetime PR, like previous to the test, was at, I believe 185 or 190. So you know she's been doing you know this style of training for a long time, and the fact that she's able to still you know improve that that's huge. Um, Rosie hit 155, and Rosie's been coming to a little bit more fit classes, and I think she's just kind of scratching the surface with discovering how strong she is. I think she could have done more, but awesome yeah, job yeah. to Rosie. Sam Batiggs, 185. She was up up uh, 25 pounds from her deadlift. Stacy Eisner pulled 185, another 20-pound PR. Stacy, man, she comes in, she works. Yeah. Every day she's working, working, yeah. big weight. Committed, and uh, Stins hit a 15-pound PR. Susie Lucido uh, pulled 150. She was up a, a good amount. Susie Z, 165, and another one, Susie, who um, worked, worked, worked on her form and, and built up the strength week by week. And then Rob O pulled one uh, pulled 375, which was a, a huge number, and um, he made it look he made it look pretty easy. So big weight, awesome job to all those people. That's good stuff. Um, I wanted to talk now about you know scaling workouts, and I think you know a lot of people at home would benefit from just hearing you weigh in on this and, and maybe I have a little something to add, but essentially, well, you know, what's the best approach on scaling a workout and really trying to get better and trying to improve? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think the, the main goal or the main goal of scaling is to get you the right stimulus of the workout. And that's why you're choosing to scale it, you know, and, and that's the goal is to get the best stimulus for you. What's going to get you the best, best workout. And, and that looks like many different things. It could be scaling, you know, skin, we're talking, we're talking scaling, we're talking weight, we're talking, uh, you know, gymnastics movements, what level we're going down to, or how, you know, all those different factors come in. Um, and what's going to give you the most best workout for that day. And essentially and when it comes down to it is a lot of times you think about is what's going to be able to keep you moving and what's going to allow you to keep getting better throughout that workout. Um, and a lot of times people pick a movement or a pick a weight that might be too heavy or the weight or the movement might be too, too challenging and they get stuck. And, you know, and that's not saying that every workout you need to be moving the whole time. It needs to be go, 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 go. But 
you want to be in a place where the workout is a challenging, very is challenging to you, but there is some sort of flow to it and you are moving from movement to movement. And, and that's not to say in every workout, there's always that one movement or maybe two movements where like, all right, this is going to be tough. This is that tough set. This is that tough, you know, whatever it might be that, that we definitely need that stimulus there. But if you feel where it's almost like a roadblock and it's almost, you know, we're talking your five minutes into, into a 15 minute AMRAP, 12 minute AMRAP, and you're, you know, doing singles or doing low reps and, or whatever it might be, uh, you know I mean? That's when you need to take a step back and think, you know, is this the right stimulus? Am I getting the correct stimulus from this workout? Yeah. And I think the challenge with group classes is being or getting caught up in what people around you are doing. And you see, oh, so-and-so is using this weight. Maybe I should go a little heavier than what I expected. Or so-and-so is using or is doing the level one version of the pull-ups. Maybe I should do that too. I want to do what they're doing. And, you know, it's a slippery slope. And I know it's, you know, kind of easier said than done. But it's really about assessing you, assessing yourself, and then listening to the coach and, and trying to be as in line with what they're telling you as possible. And that could be something as simple as, hey, for the set of 20 squats, it should be a weight in rounds one and two where you can get the 20 squats done in you know, two sets or three sets at the very most. And it's those little things like that. Um, this is just a, a, a really good point, uh, and I'll try to tie it in. Will has a coach who programs for him specifically, okay? So every day Will opens his phone and there is his you know training schedule all laid out for him. He's got to do X, Y, and Z. Here's the workout at this weight. There might be a note in there. Try to do you know the barbell in these types of sets. It's highly specific to him. So Will is never scaling his own workouts because he has a coach that is writing a workout with Will in mind. Okay. So how that becomes challenging in group is again, when we have these you know, levels or if we have weights that are prescribed and people say, oh, I should do that. And they, they do it because it's on the board, not because it's what is best for them, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Did, did that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, that, that's it. Yeah, you that. So, you know, if you ask a coach's opinion, hey, you know, Coach Susu, hey, Gav, Tommy, you know, what weight should I use for this? And we give you a weight, you know, th there was probably some thought behind that because we want you to be in line with the stimulus or we think you should do this level. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't get it right every time. But for people that we coach regularly, you know, that's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. So the point of this rant is listen to the coaches. <laughs> that's the point. That's where I was going with this whole thing. How to scale a workout, just listen to Coach T. All yeah, right. There you go. Um, no, but jokes aside, that was that was some good insight. Yeah, and I had one more thing about scaling. More more specifically to let's say a barbell or a dumbbell, and any well any any time there's a weight involved, right? That's I feel that's probably like the number one scaling thing that takes place every single day in the gym is that you know you see the RX weight and you scale it down. Um, for me personally, and like like Tommy said, like I have I have different workouts that are written for me. Um, which is, is very nice and it works well. Um, that, and I get specific weights and I get, specific. what's, what's scary to me is not a heavy barbell. And I think people always feel the need. And the reason I'm saying that is because people always feel the need is that, oh, I want to do a heavier weight. I want to do more. I want to be able to, which is, which is great. And that's totally 100%, you know, you, you should be working up to getting stronger and, and trying to get to get a little bit more. But at the same time, and I, I'm 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 a strong person. I'm capable of lifting a lot of weight. A heavy barbell in a workout doesn't scare me. Or if I see someone lifting a heavy barbell in a workout, it doesn't necessarily. It's not this like great impressive thing. What scares me is a light barbell or a light dumbbell or a light kettlebell. And the reason for that is because when it's when it's light, there's really no reason to stop moving. You know, what I mean, you have to. You have to keep going, and and that's when things get 
tough, mentally tough. You know, a lot of people are able to do singles at a heavy deadlift or a heavy, heavy squat clean, but it's the light stuff that really, when I see that in one, in my workout plan, I'm like, oh boy, this is going to get pretty nasty and this is going to be pretty tough. You know, it's, it's so just keep that in mind and that, you know, I mean, it's more, less weight equals more reps. So it's just, you're going to get more out of that AMRAP and you're going to get more out of that, whatever the workout is. You know I mean? That's, and that's, that's the way I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it, it kind of trickles into what we had planned to talk about next. And, and the, the main t- subject line for the next topic is the Metcon, aka the conditioning part of class is not where you are going to get stronger. Mm-hmm. It's also not where your you know skills are going to get you know better. And people are probably some people are hearing that and they're saying, "Huh? What do you mean?" What I mean is, if we're let's let's say we're doing a workout that involves you know deadlifts, box jumps, and rowing, the weight on this on that deadlift for you to be able to move through it with some type of purpose and intensity is not a heavy enough weight that's actually going to improve your top end strength. Okay. So if you have the mindset of, oh, I'm going to go heavy in this workout because I want to get stronger, that is you're picking the wrong spot to try to go heavier. When we do these strength pieces, and especially now as we're running, you know, new cycles and things like that, in the isolated strength periods of the class, that is the opportunity to get stronger. And I'll just, I'll use the most recent one as an example. And this, this literally happened with a guy named Brian Cook, who's an awesome guy. He's an early morning member. He brought his deadlift up, his five rep deadlift up. I forget the exact number, but it was somewhere in, you know, the low to mid three hundreds. He was able to deadlift that for five and it looked really good and strong. The following week, we programmed a deadlift for sets of eight in a Metcon for 225, okay? He was able to now move that 225 well. He was able to move it unbroken. And that was a weight that previous to this strength cycle, he might not have done or it might have went differently. So the point of me just, again, giving that example is that he got stronger with his deadlift in those isolated strength sessions. And then the conditioning aspect is where it all kind of comes together. But you certainly will not improve your strength from doing stuff when you're constantly out of breath with limited rest. It's just not the place for it. Yeah, absolutely. Something to add to that? Yeah, no, and and yeah, adding the strength building it's it sounds it almost sounds funny and sounds odd that like oh you're not going to get stronger when you're doing a barbell and a mechon you're obviously building building strength but when we're talking about you know when we're talking about that one rep max or that five rep max raw strength it's it's because it's just a completely different stimulus it's totally different and yes it's the same movement Yes, it's, you know, it's, it's, it might be exactly the same, but it's just so much different from when you're doing a deadlift in a Metcon with high reps to when you're doing a deadlift for a one rep max or five rep max. Um, It's just the stimulus is just totally different and picking the weights, you know what I mean? And and knowing when you're going to get stronger and when you're not is super important. So it, it really comes down to, you need to be very in tuned you know, with what weights you're picking, you know what I mean? Or what weights you're thinking about. Even just the thought process is going to get you better at it. You know, I did, I have, this is my five rep max deadlift, or I, I did this and this one workout and it had this many deadlifts, or I did this and this, you know, all those different things, all that different thinking is what's going to help you, uh, you know, figure out what's the best weight for you and what's the best weight for you that's going to get you the best stimulus, you know, and going to get you the best workout. You know, all those things come into play. Yeah, and just back to scaling, my, my just my one main tip is like, look at a workout, see what's in that workout and how it plays to your strengths and weaknesses. And then pick one thing in the workout that you want to work on that's going to, you're going to make hard for yourself. But don't pick everything in the workout to make hard. Okay, so if you're going to pick the level one option of, of the higher rep on pull-ups because you need to work on pull-ups, and then you're also going to pick the heavier weight that's going to be challenging for you. 
and you're going to try to sprint on the a rower or whatever it is, it's, you know, if everything is too hard, you're, you're going to miss it and you're going to overtrain in that workout. So that's, that's just another little tip. Um, a completely different now topic now talking, it came up, someone had asked more about like the hit programming, the philosophy behind hit programming, why there isn't the testing like there is in the fit class with, with hit and just curiosity behind that. Um, so I'll, I'll kick this one off. Um, first and foremost, the, the hit class is an interval biased aerobic training class. Um, there's an endless amount of benefits to doing high intensity interval training. Um, really at a mortal, it serves multiple purposes. Um, one, it's beautifully simple and the workouts are constructed in a way that aren't overly technical and and these workouts are by no means easy there's a lot of people who would argue that the hit workouts are more challenging than the fit workouts so they're they're not easy by any means but they don't have the movement progressions that we see in fit so anyone can come in and be challenged and get a great workout. A lot of times with our fit programming, if you're new to that class and that style of training, you have to undergo a period of time where you're just learning, 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 and the workouts are just okay in the beginning because again, there's a bigger learning curve. That doesn't exist in HIT. Now, that doesn't mean that the training is subpar. The training is, in my opinion, a 10 out of 10. People can come into that class, they can still get stronger and, and improve on body weight movements. They're still gonna get exposed to weights. They're still gonna get exposed oh, yeah. to um, all different types of time domains with training. It just doesn't have the deep rabbit hole of you know progressions that FIT does. Uh, it also doesn't have the heavy barbell aspect that FIT does. So a lot of people will come, and this has happened over the, over the years, I, you know, I, I want to get into fitness. I'm just not into heavy weights. And we say, well, the, the HIT class is a great option for you then because you can still improve your health. You can still improve your fitness and, you know, not touch a heavy barbell like that can still happen. So, um, and I see it because uh, with me coaching a little bit more now, I am seeing, you know, people who are regularly attending that class on a daily basis, weekly basis and they're improving, whether it be with body weight stuff, just their uh, overall, you know, aerobic capacity, but it's there. Yeah, I think, I mean, the hit classes and the whole style of that training is just so, so important and just so big part of being fit. And it's something that I do in my training on a weekly basis. And I mean, it's something I do every day when I train is that there's always a piece in my training that is interval style um and it involves either you know one of those cardio machines and then i'll have some sort of body weight movement and then i'll have some sort of dumbbell or kettlebell movement um and those are sometimes the most brutal workouts i'll have during the week um and i and, and what was what was so interesting is when i made the transition from taking you know i took class at immortal for my whole first year of crossfit all i did was take classes at immortal yeah, that's all I did. Um, and then when I transitioned to being, okay, deciding I want to compete, I went to, you know, and it went to my own program. Um, and I was doing those classic CrossFit workouts. But what was added in or what was I saw a huge change in is I was doing almost more of the body weight stuff and the, the interval style stuff. And it's just so it just made such a huge impact on building my motor and building that engine and having the ability to go, you know, because it, it, it doesn't matter how strong you are. Um, if you can't breathe and you can't, don't have that, that don't, don't have that ability to press on the gas and be able to maintain. Um, and that's what you're building in that class. And I mean, that's what you're building in the hit is your ability to, you know, under fatigue, we're working really intense. Then you're gonna get a re get a short rest, and then we're gonna work really intense six more times. You know what I mean? That's and there's so much value in that. And it's just that has been probably one of the biggest game changers for me um, when I saw how how valuable that was. And now I mean I do it every day. Yeah, it's just it's just it's, it, the the motor is you know motor is everything. Yeah, and a lot of our rev classes are technically 
yeah. high intensity interval training. Yeah. Uh, this past week was a, a great example of that. And then, just to be clear, you know, the the programming in the, in in hit, it certainly does go through patterns where we do work on movements repeatedly, but it doesn't have the layer of testing, retesting that the fit does. And I want to keep it that way because I feel once we start doing things like that, the, the simplicity that I talked about before goes away. And uh, that's the beauty of that class and, and, and how we run it and what we do there. Um, so I hope uh, for the, for the person that answered asked that question, I hope that 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 does it. Um, please speak please please speak to me if you if you want some more information on the on the head. I could talk about programming all day. Uh, next, Will, I thought you could shed some light on this. You know what what would you recommend or, or tips even on how to approach roadblocks with fitness, with nutrition, with 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 just anything, uh, you know, what do you do for yourself? How have you overcome things? Yeah. And, and, um, oh yeah, it's such a big one. I mean, I mean, such a big topic and such anyone that is in fitness or gets, you know, some sort of training or or is going to face this. And this is just, it's, it's, it's just a part of it. Um, in that you're going to experience some roadblocks and, and plateaus almost, um, and probably, and I'm talking more specifically about what I'm going to talk more specifically about is like, let's say if there's a movement, if there's a movement you're really struggling with and you simply, you want to be able to do it, you know, you want to be able to do it and you want to be able to do it well. Um, first thing I recommend and always do is, is break down that movement to its most simplest and, you know, fundamentals of it. You know, it could be a push up. You know, I'm talking, and, and what is the most simplest push-up form you could do? Maybe it's you standing, leaning on a box and, and doing that. Um, and then and break that down and figure out what that is and figure out what those fundamentals are and get really, really, really good at them. Um, and you need to do them, you know what I mean? And you need to find time to work those in. And also, too, you can... If you want to get better at something, yes, following following the Immortal program is going to continue to get you fitter and get you better. But unless we're doing a focus on it, um, then you got to be able to you got to be putting in some time on your own. So first, that you know that's the first thing. Unless we're doing a focus on push ups or toes the bar or deadlifts or whatever it is, yes, they will come up. Definitely, they will come up in the program, but probably not enough for you to make you know serious uh, gains in it. Um, if you're, you know, trying to get better at it. So that's where I would start. I would start with the fundamentals of it and, and make it so simple that, you know, you could, you could do this almost, I wouldn't say every day, but almost, you know, after post-workout, you're able to do it, um, be able to go home and do it, whatever it might be. Those fundamentals things, whether it's, you know, again, just movement patterns, whether it's mobility, whether it's, um, you know, strengthening your, your, your upper back more, strengthening your lats more. You know, I know that's a tough one with a lot of people with gymnastics is like their upper body isn't strong enough. What are you doing to build up your body to get you to do those pull-ups or get you to get you, allow you to get behind the bar more so you can bring your toes to the bar? Um, that'd be number one. Uh, I'm no- sorry to cut you off. I, I, it's important. I want to add to this. Mm-hmm. Um, with what Will just said about selecting, you know, whatever it is that you feel is a weakness and then going after it, the, one of the biggest pitfalls I see is, you know, people get into the training and they identify that, like, wow, I need to work on these, you know, handful of things. Uh, and it's what's called uh, from the business world, world, shiny object syndrome. And all of a sudden you realize you need to work on this thing over here, whether it be push-ups. And you're like, oh, I'm going to spend uh, some time after class working on push-ups. And then you're like, oh, wait a second. You know, I think I should be getting my deadlift stronger. On this day, I'm going to work on this. And then on the other day, you know, my lats are tight. So I'm going to spend all the time after class stretching out my lats. And then every day of the week, you're doing something different. That's what's called shiny object syndrome. You get easily distracted. So the biggest uh, tip I could give is, you know, get laser focused on one thing and one thing only that you really want to hone in on. And then hammer that 
Uh, repetition is everything. And we highlighted this in the last podcast as to why our cycles are so repetitive every week. It's because if you don't do it frequently enough, you're, you're never going to hit it enough to actually gain some traction. And I'm sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, no, yeah, no, good, it's good stuff. So true, very true. Um, and yeah, the second thing, I, if, you know, if you really want to get better at something, you kind of got to get a little obsessive with it. Um, and what I mean by that is it, it goes beyond just, there's just so much information out there and it's so easy to access, um, you know, with YouTube and blogs and, you know, dot com, all, all these different workouts um, or all these different uh, avail information is out there available to you. Um, you got to get a little obsessive about it. Um, and the example I give is when at one point I, I really struggled with rope climbs. I really struggled with getting up and down a rope properly. And I must have watched, I mean, hundreds of videos on YouTube of just people doing legless rope climbs, people doing rope climbs with legs, watching all these different drills, seeing how people go up and down ropes, seeing how, you know, different holds. And I, and I would... You know, I was just watching it a ton, um, and then and then through practice and through repetition, I, I was able to do them, and I'm able to do them very well now. But it was it honestly was me watching a YouTube video, and when I saw a specific athlete, Brent Fikowski, doing it a certain way, is where things clicked for me, and I was like, the way he's doing it, I can do that. I know that would work for me because what I've been doing hasn't been working well. Um, and it wasn't even a, a rope climb video. It was just a random workout in his, you know, YouTube channel. And he happened to be doing rope climbs. You know what I mean? It just worked out that way. Um, but if, if you, the more you expose yourself to, uh, it, it's, it, it's going to help you. And, and that's what I mean by being a little obsessive over it. And just to add to the mindset of this whole thing, I'm going to go deep right now. You ready? Deep. I'm going deep. Are you really hitting a roadblock? Or are you comparing yourself to others? Just sit on that for a second. People forget about the amazing progress they've made in a short period of time because they look around and they see what others are doing. So where is your self-awareness at? You know, um, This is something that I've coached people through a lot. It, it's on a mindset thing and it's you know, people being discouraged and upset that they can't do something when they don't have the credentials is the wrong word, but they haven't put in the body of work to, to, to be legitimately uh, upset or discouraged. And an example, if you came into the gym and let's say you're in your forties and you had never done any strength training before in your life, if you had never done this type of fitness before in your life, and a year in, you're still struggling to do a push-up or, or you know, anything. You know, just you have to take a step back and realize that you're just getting into it, and you know, it takes time. It takes a lot, a lot of time. Um, the gym, the gymnastic world, gymnasts, they spend decades working on skills. It, it takes them. It, some of the skills take over ten years to learn. And when you think of it like that, you're like. My goodness, that's a long time to be working on something, but it's that level of you know commitment and discipline. Um, and I always and I've, I've said this to members before. I think about you know mom and dad who are kicking ass in their sixties and they're they're doing things that they weren't doing in their fifties. And it's always a, a really good refresher and reminder to me that you know enjoy the present and just know that you have a long road ahead of you where you're going to learn and progress and you got to give things the proper time. Did I go deep? Yeah, you went there. I went deep. You did. You have anything else you want to add to that? No, I think you got it. No, you nailed that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Speaking of mom and dad, this is just a funny topic. Not funny, Diane. um, Considerations for your older members, in quote. Meaning like, what expectations do we have for the members in the gym who are on the older side and um, what expectations should they have for themselves? I didn't, this wasn't my topic. This was a question that came to the pipeline. You go first. Okay. Um, 
well, it, it might sound blunt, but I'll, but I'll just say it. Well, you know, when someone comes in, you know, I don't, I don't look at age. I, that's not something that runs through my mind. Oh, this person is older. You know, I, I anyone who's in front of me, I, I'm going to coach them, you know, at the, the best level that I can and, and to the appropriate level that they are at. So, of course, you know, adjusting loading and intensity and volume and all that stuff. But I do that with anyone who's coming into the gym and after we realize and assess where they're, you know, currently at, what their background is, what their history is, what their injuries are. But age certainly doesn't have anything to do with that. Um, and again, not to, uh, you know, beat a dead horse, but, you know, mom and dad are just great examples of that. And if, if you have the mindset of, oh man, I'm, you know, I'm getting older, you know, this is me on the down, it's a broken mindset because I've seen it, I've witnessed it um, through many, many, many people that as you get older, you still have a lot of good time ahead of you and opportunity to improve, to get stronger, to get faster. Truly is, it's a cliche saying, but it's just a number. Age is just a number. So um, what considerations do I have for older members? Um, you know, none, you know, all, all the same that I have for any member who comes to the door. And I certainly don't go easier on people, people because of their age. <laughs> no, um, no, I expect the, I expect the most out of people and, you know, uh, me being a coach and the immortal coaches follow this creed as well. It's, it's our job to, you know, coach the hell out of people and get the most out of them. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I would like, I think I would like to give some some guidelines maybe and again like you said it, it is a it's a it's a broken mindset if you think that your age is limiting to you but what can give you some maybe some confidence and what can get you off the oh I'm old so this is this is going to be challenging or I can't do that or I can't do this is consistency if you are consistently coming to the gym and you are consistently putting the time in, you will get better. And your fitness will improve and you will be healthier, 100%. Um, so maybe don't think of so much about age. Think about what am I consistently doing? Am I consistently coming here? Am I consistently showing up? And if the answer is sometimes yes, sometimes no, that's your problem. That's your, then your age has nothing to do with it. That's the problem. Um, consistency will always win and it will always be age anytime. You know, if, even, even if, if someone is, you know, if you're, if you're 40 years old and you, and you consistently come, you're, you're going to consistently get better. You know what I mean? And you're going to be able to outdo anyone that's younger than you. That's not consistent. Um, I, I'd be willing to bet on that any day. Um, and how do I know if I'm getting consistent? How do I know if I'm being consistent? Or how do I know if I'm, I'm, am I doing that? It's showing up every day, but also what are, if you're able to look at that workout on the board and you're able to see all those movements, you need to be able to know every one of those movements, you should, I have done this before. I know what works for me. I know what doesn't work for me. And, and I have an idea how I want to do this workout that's when you get almost like it almost you almost have an advantage uh when you're able to say those things in your head and you're able to consistently look at this workout and now okay next workout now next workout next day um i've done burpees before i've done those kettlebell swings before i I've, and i've done the assault bike before you know i've done all three of those movements okay this this time frame is a little bit different but um i've been in that place before because i keep showing up here so many times so it's just it's just your you build some confidence and that's going to overcome any sort of age and any sort of doubt that you might have from yeah I might be on the I might be a little bit older but I've been consistently coming here and every movement on that list I know how to do and I know how to do it well you know so it's so it, it doesn't even become a question of can I do this or not it's how I'm going to do it and and, and I'm going to do it well you know, so that that would be my advice for anyone that's. I like it. Yeah. yeah, and human physiology is just incredible, and and what I mean by that is like, you know, fitness and when you're working out, you are inflicting stress on your body, and when it 
happens repeatedly, your body will adapt in a positive way. And if you're consistently pushing your body, regardless of age, in the gym, your body will change to physically prepare you better for more of that, which is just nuts. And, and what happens is when you stop that, your body says, oh, he or she is not going through that stressful physical activity anymore. They don't need this muscle mass. They don't need uh, you know, to have this primed aerobic system. So um, I'm going to be doing this until I can't. Like I'm going to be doing this um, forever. Of course, it will look different uh, as, as, as it evolves and as, you know, my journey continues to go down. Um, but I will be physically active um, and, until I'm done. So uh, that's just a, a, a kind of a way to look at it. And um, we certainly have high expectations for, for anyone that walks through the gym, regardless of age. Um, we're going to shift gears to a, a very serious topic. And um, I was, no, no, I'm being, I'm being serious that we're shifting to a serious topic. I was uncertain if we were going to talk about this, but I feel the time is right. Okay. So this is a question that did come through the pipeline. Again, I didn't know if I wanted to air it out on the podcast. I thought about emailing this member back, you know, privately, but here we are. It's a tough one. So, and I'll let Will, I think you could, you know, chime into this because I know you have more insight than I do. Let's just call it how it is. Yeah. Okay. So what's the backstory to Coach Gavin's dance? <laughs> to Coach Gavin's dance moves. No, it's serious. And um, <laughs> did the guy, Coach Gavin, did he moonlight as a Chip and Dale dancer or something? Do you, do you yeah, have no, anything? I've heard, I've heard some things. I, you know, I... You know, you hear things and then you dig a little deeper and you start to put things together and this story kind of formulated and, you know, Coach Gavin's from Canada. You know, he's a Canadian. And let's um, just call it how it is. It's weird up there. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird spot. You know what I mean? It is. Um, and Gavin, when he was in his younger age, you know, he was a hockey player. He's a great hockey player, but he was all into hockey. You know what I mean? He was pursuing that hard. You know, and let's call it how it is. He's a stud as well. He is a yeah. He's a stud, and he was you know, time, he wanted to pursue hockey full time, and but he had bills to pay, and he went to Chippendales, <laughs> and now, <laughs> now this is now that that but that's not where the story ends though. But that's, that that's at least confirmed. the 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 rest is is more these are rumors. <laughs> yeah, but the, I, there's something here though. Uh, now what a lot of, everyone knows, yeah, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know <laughs> is that Gavin went and played hockey in Singapore mm -hmm. for a period of time, yep. a good chunk of time. He was in Singapore playing hockey. Now, what got him from Canada to Singapore? What this is the big thing is apparently there is a top-notch Chippendales. At Singapore, also. He got transferred. He was transferred. <laughs> and where he honed a lot of some of the dance moves you see today on these videos. And he doesn't talk about it a whole lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? I because, know. you know, it is what it is. But. Well, look. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue. Chippendales, Canada. Chippendales, Singapore. High level. Yeah. That and, was the next level for him. And that's what he did. That was like minor leagues to the big leagues. Yeah, that's what he did. And he did it to play hockey. You know, he loves playing yeah. hockey. Canadians, that's what they do. He had the support. Hockey and maple syrup. That's all they do up there. That's what I heard. That's what, that's what goes on up there. Um, well, thanks for sharing that insight. Um, we'll bring it back. He didn't hear it from me, though. <laughs> uh, I thought it'd be cool to end on uh, this last question, which I thought was really good. Um, just any advice on how to get a family member started up on some type of fitness program. Oh, it was a good one. Or, you know, whether it be eating better and all that. Um, you know, so much to this is is lifestyle. 
And um, I've been in relationships in the past where, you know, I've, I've been, the fitness has been now, you know, a big thing for me for a long time. And I've been in a relationship before where it wasn't so much um, for my girlfriend at the time. And it's hard. Um, it, it's, it's really hard. And it could be that much better when you have someone who's maybe not doing the exact same thing as you, but understands it and gets it. And they experience the benefits too, because we all know it. Like, and again, it'll sound corny, but you know, we're the best versions of ourselves when we're feeling our best, right? And that comes from taking excellent care of ourselves through nutrition, through exercise, and, and that's a fact. Like, we, I, I know everyone that comes to the gym would agree with that, that they're better people when they are, you know, exercising routinely and all that. So back to the question of, you know, how do you get someone started? Um, I've certainly made this mistake before of trying to do too much with someone who is, you know, just, you know, getting into it or maybe doesn't really want to get into it. So you have to really approach it at the level that they're at, which could look like a, a, a variety of different things. It could be, hey, let's go for a walk after dinner. Uh, we just ate a big meal. Let's get outside. Let's go for a walk. And what will happen is these little victories start to happen. You expose someone to something like that. And they're like, wow, instead of sitting on the couch, I just went outside and I walked for 30 minutes and I feel good. I, f I feel like I just accomplished something. And then you build from that. And okay, let's make it instead of a 20 minute walk, let's make it a 45 minute walk. And those little things, um, I obviously am a huge fan of what we do at the gym, clearly, but um, I am a bigger advocate for movement. So again, it doesn't have to be barbells and pushups and pull-ups. Um, it could be any type of movement that you know, can help, help get someone going. Yeah. I think, I think, well, the situation that I've commonly run into is that it's that people are, they want to work out. Um, and they, they do like to work out, but maybe they just don't feel like they could go to that level. Or another big thing is the, is money is the price. I mean, that's like, that's probably the number one thing I hear all the time is that it's very expensive. Um, and what I always say, or what I always ask them is, how much have they invested into their health? I asked them that question. How much have you invested into your health? And most of the time, people have no idea. They can't give me, you know, maybe they give, maybe they, sh they tell it, they say their current membership at whatever gym they have, some New York sports club or some gym they go, and that's it. Boo. And then, <laughs> and then I ask them, and then the next question I ask is, do you think your health is worth more? And and then they normally they'll say, yeah, I think my health is worth a lot of money. Uh, I'm going to steal that, by the way. That's okay, great. Okay, yeah. That's sad. Uh, yeah. I got some good things, you know. Here. No, that, that's but, great. But they, and, and if, if someone's never invested, and it's so funny because they're just how the way the world works is because we're able to put money into cars clothes um you know all sorts of different things and i'm and i'm no different too i love all that i mean i love material stuff too i'm not gonna say sit here and pretend like i'm not but the lack of willingness to put into your body is just mind-blowing to me um how people just don't want to invest in it and don't want to do it um but if you approach it with saying if you, if give this, I, I say, give this, invest two months of your time and your money into this gym and tell me you won't, and I promise you, you will see results and you will possibly get into, you, you'll see that you're on track and getting uh, the healthiest you've ever been. Um, so most of the time that works. Uh, you know, if you talk about it from that point of view, just how much money have you invested in your health? And it's almost, it's a very eye-opening thing because most people can't put a number on it. I mean, me personally, I've 
But like for me, I mean, I've, I, geez, the amount of money I've put into my body is insane. I mean, it's just crazy. It's the number one. It, it consumes so much money, which I'm proud of and I'm happy to be doing that. You know what I mean? Because I love what my body is capable of and I love what, it, it, what I can do physically. And I think everybody should have that feeling. You know, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, right, I'm going to tell a story, a real quick story. We got time. Go ahead. Okay. So, and this is like not, um, this isn't fitness related too. So, I mean, well, not gym related, but I was last fall, my first year teaching at John Jay Cross River. Okay. My first year teaching. I was coaching modified volleyball. Okay. Modified volleyball, seventh and eighth grade girls. It was, it was awesome. Really enjoyed it. It was a great time. My first volleyball game, I had to set everything up, set, set everything up, make sure everything is good to go. The net. All this stuff, make sure the scoreboard is good, you know. Um, I was definitely nervous because of my first time. Um, four minutes before the game starts, the ref comes up to me and says, hey, where's the referee chair? And the referee chair is this tall kind of mm-hmm. platform thing, almost like, almost looks like a lifeguard chair. You see kind of like, like a tennis matches, like this? Yeah, kind of similar. That, and it hooks right into the, into the net. And I was like, oh, crap. I have no idea where this thing is. And you gotta have it. The refs gotta have it. Um, as soon as the 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 uh, the ref asked me that, my athletic director walks in. You know, my boss. So uh, there was another coach who noticed it. He's like, he's like, oh, the referee chair is. It's in the high school gym. It's in the high school gym. We're in the middle school gym. The high school gym is uphill, about four hundred meters uphill away. Mm. The match starts in four minutes. The guy, my assistant, the assistant coach tells me, he's like, I can get the janitors, you know, I could radio them in, get get a truck, and, you know, they could bring it down. And I said, that, we're, we're not going to start on time. That's going to take forever. By the time you radio them, it's going to be forever. And so at that point, I said, well, I'm just going to go run and get it. And the guy, the coach looked at me, he's like, what are you talking about? You can't, there's no way you could get it. It's like, it's, you know, I'm like, no, I can do it. I'm going to do it. And I ran all the way up to the all the way up to the, the high school gym, bursted into the into that gym, found found the found the thing, picked it up, you know, it was real awkward to carry, ran it back down and made it in time. Um, you know, and and after and I and, and I did it in and I had fifteen seconds uh, to hook it up, so three forty five, pretty good time. But who's counting? But who's counting, yeah, three forty five. <laughs> And it was just, and, and then during the game, I'm all, I'm sweating profusely. I'm all crazy, but it was, ended up being good. But my point is, I was, <laughs> I'm very curious to see what your point is. Go. My, my point is that I was, I was very like, I was like, if I'm not in shape, uh, there's no way I could do that or no way I could have pulled that off. I just ran 400 meters with an odd object and, you know, I had no doubt in my mind that I could physically do it and I could get it done. Sure. Um, so I, I was, there was no doubt in my mind I could do it. And there was no doubt in my mind I was going to do it. Uh, and it's, and it's, a, and I think it's like, you know, people lack that. We rely on so much, you know, to help us get things done. Or, you know, you, you physically are capable of, of so much more than you know. And your fitness is a tool to, to sharpen you know, to sharpen what you're capable of, you know, that was like a, you know, that's probably not going to happen again for all, you know, but, but that was an occasion where I needed to get something done in a short amount of time. And if I wasn't as fit as I was, there was no way. I mean, you should have seen the guy when he looked, when, when they, when the coach saw me carrying it in, he thought I was nuts. Uh, but I mean, it's, you are capable of a lot, but you're not going to get anything if you don't sharpen, sharpen your tool. And this, just tying it back to, you know, getting a family member or friend started up, there needs to be some speck of desire from within. You know, they need to have some level of, I want to do this because it's hard. As everyone listening knows, it's really hard. So you can, you can do a lot for them. But they have to want it too. That that's really important, and we've seen it. Uh, I've seen it. You know, people are starting up because they went to get a checkup at the doctor's, and they got some bad news, which 
it, it's you know it's it's a, a an eye opening thing to hear. But that happened. That has happened many times, a countless number of times. And the doctor more or less has told them, look, you're on the path to a place you don't want to go and you need to turn it around. Um, just tying it back to how amazing the body is, you can change and uh, you can, you can, doesn't matter how far down unhealthy you are, how far down that path you are, just with a little help, you can change. So it's never too late to start. And um, like I said before, starting really small where you can get someone to feel accomplished right away, that's key. And then you just keep adding fuel to that fire and you keep building. Hooah. Hooah. Man, we were flowing, dude. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> you, you lost me on the Chippendales. Um, that was, that was, it had to be said. No, the story's got to be right. out there. I, I didn't think we were going to do it when we did it. Um, well, look, if you made it this far into the show, thank you for listening. Uh, this is the second episode. I think I, I might have to bring Will back on. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Hooah!